again, peoples. Welcome to episode 30. As always, I am Kitty. I'm still here with my mom, Becky, because Dana's computer is still dead and awaiting its replacement. This is going to be the last of the current batch of, like, interesting or funny magazine articles that I found. Uh, this one specifically is finding asexuality in the archives. It's basically just like a Hey, I know a lot of people think that asexuality is an internet identity, but here are all the reasons you are incorrect, factually. That's what we're going to be looking at today. Apparently in 1981, a woman named Catherine Cobley wrote a letter to a feminist newspaper named Heresies. That sounds more like it should be like a punk or goth fashion magazine, doesn't it? Really it really does. Unless they pronounced it Heresies. Oh, I wouldn't put it past them. Probably not. She thanked them for their recent issue that centered marginalized sexualities, but added, I also felt a bit left out, for among the many points of view represented, I was unable to find with which I could identify wholeheartedly. She was asexual, she wrote, and so were most of her friends. She recounted wrestling with shame over her identity, noting that mainstream American society promoted the notion that the lack of a sexual partner, and especially the lack of a history of sexual partners, a possible signifier of asexuality, is seen as a negativity, a lack, an expression of the incompleteness of a human being. Well, that's your first mistake. I am not a human being. I am a horrifying eldritch raptor monster stuck in a vaguely human package. Well, I, I take exception to that on another front. Because as a female, if I have more than one sexual partner, you a I'm a slut. If I don't have any sexual partners... You're a prude. I'm a prude and I'm obviously broken. How about suck my non-existent nards? <laughs> My creative swearing has been a very bad influence on my mother. I was trying I to regret nothing. I was trying to keep it PG. <laughs> Otherwise, I would have used we much swear, more graphic. We swear and say all kinds of crazy okay, shit well on here. Take a sugar frosted fuck off the end of my frankly enormous cock. <laughs> there you go. For years, Cobley had watched gay, lesbian, transgender, and bisexual activists parade down Fifth Avenue as part of annual Pride celebrations. Her concern was that the asexual community needed to experience the same kind of visibility and confidence. As she explained to the editors, it would be a lot easier to refute these messages to say, I am what I am and there's nothing wrong with it, if we asexuals had the help of a support group focused on solidarity, such as lesbians and gay men have. The mere existence of her letter shatters a pernicious stereotype. Because modern asexual organizing has largely happened on the internet, some commentators have defined asexuality as the first internet orientation. But these framings perpetuate the myth that asexuality is a new phenomenon born out of a series of internet forums and Tumblr posts. I mean, a lot of things have come out of Tumblr. Not all of them bad. No, the attack helicopter's the worst one. I identify as an attack helicopter. Oh, that go wasn't jump in a fire. That wasn't Tumblr that did that. Go fly through a fire then. In reality, history is crammed with people talking about their complicated relationships to sexual or romantic attraction and in countless queer spaces in the 60s through the 80s, asexual was a recognized and valid self-identity. That history, however, has very rarely been told. Today, activists consider it a spectrum. While the oft-repeated definition of asexuality as experiencing minimal to no sexual attraction captures the experiences of a segment of the community, it does not align with everyone. 
Some asexual people experience romantic attraction, some do not. Some asexual people, particularly demisexuals, might feel sexual attraction under certain circumstances, others do not experience it at all. Admittedly, identifying early instances of asexuality can come down to acts of interpretation. Historical figures have long discussed their low levels of sexual or romantic attraction, even though they did not use terms like asexual. I mean, the ones that weren't outrightly gay. You mean like Lewis Carroll? Everyone's looking at you, Lewis Carroll. Also Da Vinci. Also Michelangelo. Also his brother. Yeah, probably Raphael. I wonder Botticelli. I mean, I know he liked to paint large, voluptuous women, but I don't know enough about his life to know. Oh, God, who was the other one? Rubens. Rubens, yeah. Both of them liked to paint women with lots of curves. Yeah. But I don't know if they had an attraction for women or if they were gay or if they were non Don't ask me. I don't know. I will do research and find out. Some researchers have found asexual resonances in the writings of 17th century French poet Catherine Bernard or 19th century British suffragist Elizabeth Wolstenholme Elmy. Wow, that's a name. UK names! Especially in the old days. No one can see it, but I'm doing like a good for you thumbs up. <laughs> they still do that. Good oh, God, I know. When Prince Charles and Lady Diana got married, she screwed up his middle names, uh... Because he had, like, four names she had to spit out, and she reversed well, yeah, two of them. Yeah, he's, but he's, he's royalty. Yeah, they all were like that, though. I mean, it was just a thing. If you weren't a peasant, you had 27 names to go by. It was ridiculous. <laughs> Since the 19th century, the medical profession has also diagnosed me. What the frick frack is my voice doing? Holy here, crap. Have another drink <coughs> of tea and see if that doesn't help. The weather here has been very, very changeable. <clears throat> Yeah, I'm going to be clearing my throat a lot. I apologize in advance. Dana will probably cut it out. But it's been like rainy and freaking cold and then sunny and warm. Rainy and freaking in March. Mm-hmm. It's March. It's what March is here. But the res- the net result is that the sinuses, sinuses absolutely oh, hate you. And the green and yellow pollen season has begun. The loblolly pines are in Full swing. Guess what North Carolina's like entirely made of of tree wise. Lolly pines. And they will cover So our state is going to be this disgusting yellow green chartreuse baby poop slime color for the next four six months. to nine months. Well it's easily the next four. Every time it rains half the year we're just slime puke green. Yeah. Every time it rains, that's the color the puddles will be because the stuff floats on the surface of the water and then migrates out toward the edge, and it's just this about half-inch sludge. Yeah. Welcome to North Carolina. Anyway, back on track. Yeah. Since the 19th century, the medical profession has also diagnosed people who expressed little interest in sex with sexual anesthesia or -hmm. sexual coldness. In the U.S., one of the earliest explicit references to asexual identity came courtesy of Karl Schlegel, a German-born reverend and one of the first modern gay activists in the U.S. At the turn of the 20th century, he issued pleas for queer equality that specifically invoked asexuality. Let the same laws for all of the intermediate stages of sexual life, the homosexuals, heterosexuals, bisexuals, asexuals, be legal as they are now in existence for the heterosexuals. He said in a speech composed in 1907. Good for him. All right, then. The famous sexologist. That's such a weird name for a profession. 
Magnus Hirschfeld also used the term, writing in The Role of Homosexual Men and Women in Society in 1920 that we must, if this were possible, describe philosophers like Immanuel Kant as being asexual. And in the middle of this page, Google is tracking my location because I have an ad for Fred Anderson Toyota Sanford. Oh, joy. Sanford's near here. Kinda. Nah, it's like, it's like when they send us stuff to go it's to like Henderson. 30, 45 minutes, maybe an hour away, depending on what fucking weird-ass back roads way you get there. Anyway. Fast forward half a century, and the emerging literature on queer identity made frequent references to asexuality. In 1952, the magazine Transvestia, that's a cool name, yeah, it is. claimed that while most trans people are entirely heterosexual, some are also asexual. By way of explanation, in 1965, they published a short description of what it termed the asexual range which was probably an early prototype for the asexual spectrum, in which it noted there are personas who simply have a very low libido, no sex drive to speak of. Transvestio was written by and for the trans community, and it was not the only example of trans people openly identifying as asexual. In October of 1970, an article on trans liberation, the Philadelphia newspaper gay dealer... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. No, like... I mean, good for y'all, but that name, that name is not it, baby. What? No, that... Mm. Anyway, wrote that translib, short for transgender liberation, go figure, includes transvestites, transsexuals, and hermaphrodites of any sexual manifestation and of all sexes. Heterosexual, homosexual, bisexual, and asexual. Nice. At one feminist conference in 1973, women and non-binary people were asked to wear a label choosing one of several identities. Straight, lesbian, gay, butch, femme, asexual, antisexual, question mark, other, and etc. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be in that last category, I really do. Et I'd be like... <laughs> I want to be in <laughs> Right? Asexual researchers recently located a photo from a similar conference in which Barnard College activists asked attendees to choose your own label instead of having someone do it for you. Among the listed options was asexual. Nice. Some early discussions of asexuality cropped up accidentally. In 1971, The Village Voice published what it intended to be a parody article titled Asexuals Have Problems Too, but in a flurry of letters to the newspaper, readers embraced what they assumed was a frank discussion of asexuality, suggesting a widespread curiosity about the identity. Now, I don't know if I'm an asexual or not, but I know that when many of my friends are claiming to be staving off their primitive, lustful desires, I'm spending most of my time trying to reassure myself that I have them, one anonymous reader told the paper. Soon after, queer magazines began making occasional references to asexual identity, the beginnings of what would prove to be a profound link between magazine making and the community. Well, what the fuck else are we gonna do? So you see they're all my Just fluffy- kidding. So you see they're all my fluffy little darlings. You are valid. And your shit has been around for a very long time. Yes, it is not an internet thing. We have always been here. It's not a trend any more than any other sexuality or gender is a trend. It is what it is. Because I'm sorry, you can't really argue that Pan and Omni and some of the others aren't really a thing because there have definitely been motherfuckers on this planet for as long as there have been more than three people Yes. Of two or more genders that would be like, I don't give a fuck, I'll fuck them all. Yes. Which is just Pan and Omni. 
<laughs> I don't give a crap. Get I'm over more, here. I'm more interested in the individual, not what they're packing. You know, you do you. I'm not interested in any of it anymore. Thanks. I'll pass. I don't know that I ever really was. Just, you know, that was what I was supposed to do, so I did the thing, you know. That's an interesting book title. Illinois State University professor, I'm not even going to try to say this woman's name because more of it is consonant. There's one vowel. Oh, I can't. At the end. Yeah, I can't. Prisbilo? I don't even. Ella Prisbilo. Sorry if I'm butchering that. That is very clearly a Slavic name and I don't speak any Slavic languages. I speak English, bad English, Southern English, and sarcasm. I'm fluent in that last one. Yeah, me too. In her book, Asexual Erotics, highlighted a feminist effort in the 60s and 70s to swear off sex. In the latter half of the 20th century, the rise of publications like Playboy helped to usher in a new era of sexual openness, at least for white cis heterosexual men. Mm-hmm. As she or he has documented, because mm-hmm. I don't know, this shift turned public displays of sexual desire into a social necessity. A 1962 book, for instance, chastised women who embodied a sexual frigidity. So basically, yeah, basically, we were valid until Playboy and Hustler came along, and then they said, no, 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 no. If you're not putting out, you're broken. But this is also why there's that stupid intersection mm-hmm. in society of if a woman has too many sexual partners she's a slut Mm -hmm. if she doesn't have enough she's a prude yeah because you have a much older much more deeply rooted belief system of all of this is valid a woman with too many sexual partners is a slut yes but then you also have this that started in the 60s and the sexual revolution where Oh, but if she doesn't have any, she's a prude, and I don't want her either. I don't want that either. Yep. In essence, we're slowly working our way to a fucking happy medium. Hopefully, we'll get there in my goddamn lifetime. Jesus. Well, I don't know because now the current dating climate is you go out one time and you're supposed to know whether or not you A, want to spend the rest of your life with them, B, want to jump them right now. What in the hell is wrong with getting to know somebody? Mm-mm. And it takes more than five minutes, folks. Sorry, it does. In response, feminists began rejecting the need for sex at all. Valerie Solanas in her 1967 Scum Manifesto. That's a name. Yeah, it was an acronym. I figure, considering that it's all capitalized, identified sex as an invention of the patriarchy that should be sworn off in pursuit of other tasks. Okay. Hold, what? Pause. What? Yes, men came up with it to keep us subjugated. We have to swear off it. But no, like, what the fuck? I d- oh, you, you're right. Yes, men came up with sex, a biological thing that all living creatures, well, most living sexual. creatures who, who reproduce Mammals. sexually Mammals in engage particular. in, that's yeah, needed to further the species. Yeah, men came up with that. Yeah, that wasn't a thing that what? exists in, you know, okay. pretty much every mammalian species on the planet. The women of the predominantly Puerto Rican activist group, the Young Lords, withheld sex in order to win over demands. Black feminists like Tony Cade Bambara, meanwhile, critiqued sex for reaffirming a strict gender binary. Okay, you know. That is a weird brand name. The second ad on this page is for 
a data platform, apparently, named Splunk. And that's a weird little advert, too. Yeah. The rise of these critiques inspired one feminist, Lisa Orlando, to publish the Asexual Manifest Manifesto in 1972. Orlando's interpretation of asexuality may not align with today's dominant definition. She frames asexuality as a political reaction to the patriarchy rather than a deeply held identity, but she does note that the longer she and her friend Barbara Getz have avoided sex, our need for an interest in sex diminished. I mean, I could see that, yeah, but also, like, then, bruh, what the fuck? How do you explain me? No, no. Because I was actively in a relationship when I stumbled across the definition for asexual was like, oh shit, that me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, she casts sex as a means of self-deception, as a way of avoiding real closeness rather than achieving it. Okay, yeah, I mean, I can see that in certain situations. Orlando Bambara and others were advancing a critique that the 21st century asexual movement would later center, according to that scientist with the name I'm reticent to pronounce because it is all consonants, interest in sex is not, and should not be, a social norm. Even though they are articulating it as a temporary thing, a lot of them are still putting forward this critique of compulsory sexuality that is really resonant with asexuality. The asexual manifesto, at least, struck a chord with people who more closely matched today's understanding of asexuality. One writer, gay liberationist Greg Turner, that's a very normal name for all the other names that we've stumbled across in this article, cited it in a 1976 essay outlining his search for an identity label. He described feeling minimal interest in sexual for long periods of his life. Um, well, that's that an was an interesting sentence. I think I just had a stroke listening to it. A friend told him about the manifesto, and it briefly inspired him to identify as asexual. Ultimately, he settled on the term monosexual, which he defined as akin to asexuality, simply relying on oneself for sexual enjoyment without a dependence on others. Today, monosexual more generally refers to people who prefer sex with one gender, like gay or straight, as opposed to bi or pansexual. Because words are made up and we change their meanings all the flip-flapping time, never forget that. Ever. Anybody, anybody, especially like cranky old people who try to tell you that you are using a word incorrectly or that that's not even a word and you are using it in the context and framing that you have seen dozens of other people probably on the internet use that word. Remind them too that literally everything we made up words too and we change the made up rules to our words constantly. Anyway. That tangent being done and over with. <laughs> Although there does not appear to have been a formalized asexual liberation movement in the 20th century, the idea was not foreign. In a 1978 book review, the gay news literary editor Allison Hennigan noted that people have the right to not be sexual at all, and quipped, these days there's a strong case to be made for asexual liberation. Mm -hmm. By the time Catherine Cobley wrote her letter to Heresies in 1981, references to asexuality peppered the historical archive. Though it is rarely discussed in traditional history books, my research suggests that asexual identity has been a part of queer activism for more than a century. The only reason people still dismiss it as an internet orientation is that this history is barely disseminated, not because it isn't there. Meaning we don't teach it good. Oh, geez. Like a lot of things. I was gonna say, especially here up. in America. Are we going to leave that up to the public school system? Because that ain't bloody likely to happen. Yeah, that sucks. 
While few remember it today, Kobali's vision of an activist network of asexual identified people would prove to be especially prescient. The intellectual forebearer, perhaps, to modern groups like Avon, the Asexual Visibility and Education Network. As Kobali told the editors of Heresies, she combated social stigma by forming groups with other asexual identified people. If more of us could make contact with each other, it would help immeasurably in finding ways to deal with the problems in our lives. If we can attack these feelings of shame at their roots and get rid of them, then I believe we will see that there are just as many asexuals in the world as hetero and homosexuals. Even a decade before the internet, the first spark for the asexual movement had arrived. Yes. Nice. Very, Very nice. educational. <clears throat> Again, apologies for the shorter episodes, but Dana is currently working on a literal dinosaur, and it will not take well to editing a one hour long episode. It will self-combust abruptly, and then we will probably lose our Dana, and that would be very bad, because I'm very fond of our Dana. Anyway, thank you all for listening. If you would like to see behind-the-scenes stuff or be a guest on this podcast, you can get in touch with us on Instagram at Knights of Nope and Reddit u slash Knights of Nope. You can also email us at acasualexchange at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you guys. Send us comments, concerns, questions. That's all from us for today, and we will see you when we see you. The Casual Exchange was created by the Knights of Nope. Producing and editing credits go to Dana. This podcast is hosted by Kitty. Music credits are in the description. I waved at the air <laughs> during the outro. When I said we will see you when we see you, I just waved at the air. That's why I laughed a little bit at the beginning of the next part, because I was like, bitch, who the fuck you waving to? <laughs>